I don't know that there's a spiritual tradition on the face of the earth that doesn't have something going on in this week. And so holy, uh, which is a Hindu, we talked about that last year around about this time. Then you have Passover or Pesach, which is a Hebrew tradition. And we have the, the entry, the Passion Week, Palm, Palm, this is Good Friday, right? This, this is a Good Friday, the Passion Week, Good Friday is next Friday. Um, the entry of Christ into Jerusalem. And by the way, Christ was coming into Jerusalem for the observance of Passover. And um, the Muslim faith Ramadan begins soon. Um, so all of these things are happening during this week. There is a specialness about this week. And so today I want to take you into an understanding and connect both the Jewish tradition and the Christian tradition together to help us understand the importance of availability and the purpose, the purpose of our lives in being an instrument for God. And so what I'm gonna do is the traditional Pesach reading or the traditional Passover reading. And it comes from Exodus. And this is what Jesus probably would have been doing at the Last Supper. At some point he would have read this and, 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 and we see bread, unleavened bread. And this is why we use the little horrible crackers that we use in communion. That's unleavened bread. <laughs> I'm thinking in Israel, it might have tasted a little bit better than what we used to have in mass production. <laughs> but that's the unleavened bread that didn't rise. That all came from the Jewish tradition. And the Jewish tradition came from the book of Exodus. And it's Exodus 12, the 12th chapter. And I'm just going to read it to you today, just in case you've never paid attention to it before and never read it before. It says this, God says to Moses and Aaron, while still in Egypt, this month, and by the way, the Jewish calendar doesn't work like our calendar, by the way. Uh, it says this month is to be the first month of the year for you. Address the whole community of Israel. Tell them that on the 10th of this month, each man is to take a lamb from his family, one lamb to a house. And if the family is too small for a lamb, then share it with a close neighbor, depending on the number of persons involved. <clears throat> be mindful how much each person will eat. Your lamb must be a healthy male, one year old. You can select it from either the sheep or the goats. Keep it pinned until the 14th day of the month and then slaughter it. The entire community of Israel will do this work at dusk. Then take some of the blood and smear it on the two doorposts and the lentil of the houses in which you will eat. You are to eat the meat roasted in fire that night, along with bread made without yeast and bitter herbs. Don't eat any of it raw or boiled in water. Make sure it's roasted. The whole animal, head, legs, and innards. Don't leave any of it until morning. If there are leftovers, burn them in the fire. <clears throat> and here is how you are to eat it. Be fully dressed with your sandals on and stick in a, your stick in your hand. Eat in a hurry. It's the Passover to God. 
I will go through the land of Egypt on this night and strike down every firstborn in the land of Egypt, whether human or animal, and bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am God. The blood will serve as a sign on the houses where you live. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. No disaster will touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. This is to be a Memorial Day for you. You will celebrate it as a festival to God down through the generations, a fixed festival, celebration to be observed always. You will eat unraised bread, matzah, for seven days. On the first day, get rid of all yeast from your houses. Anyone who eats anything with yeast from the first day to the seventh day will be cut off from Israel. The first and the seventh days are set aside as holy. Do no work on those days. Only what you have to do for meals. Each person can do that. Keep the festival of unraised bread. This marks the exact day I brought you out in force from the land of Egypt. Honor the day down through your generations, a fixed festival to be observed always. In the first month, beginning on the 14th day, at evening until the 21st day at evening, you are to eat unraised bread. For those seven days, not a trace of yeast is to be found in your house. Anyone, whether a visitor or a neighbor of the land who eats anything raised, Will be, shall be cut off from the community of Israel. Don't eat anything raised, only matzah. Moses assembled all of the elders of Israel. He said, select the lamb for your families and slaughter the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood, bowl of the blood and smear it on the lentil post. No one is to leave the house until morning. God will pass through to strike Egypt down. When he sees the blood on the lintel and the two doorposts, God will pass over the doorway. He won't let the destroyer enter your house to strike you down with ruin. Keep this word. It is a law for you and your children forever. When you enter the land which God will give you as he promised, keep doing this. And when your children say to you, why are we doing this? Tell them it's the Passover sacrifice to God who passed over the homes of the Israelites in Egypt when he hit Egypt with death, but rescued us. The people bowed in worship. Now, <clears throat> in the Jewish tradition, they do this reading every year around about this time in remembrance. And they do it with joy. They do it with gladness because it is an awareness of the transition from darkness to light from bondage to freedom. And I, I know that literally the words sound a little uncomfortable, but we know from a metaphysical perspective that there's a whole bunch of other things going on there. You know, the mindset, the mind is being freed from Egypt. The protection, the, the sheltering of those thoughts, those mindsets that are more like God, they're sheltered and protected until the time that they are set free again. And so this is the story that they honor. And in honor of the Jewish tradition Passover, I wanted to visit this story. And then also take a moment to express gratitude for having survived the plague <laughs> and being a part of 
the movement to higher conscious of being. On a metaphysical level, this looks like coming out of our old ways of thinking and moving into new thought, a new way of being. And also I'm grateful because as we begin the process of being immunized with COVID, I don't know about you, but Passover became very real for me <laughs> this year. I understand the event of Passover more now because right now we are living through a Passover. You see in the story of Exodus, the Passover was connected to the 10th plague of the firstborn. The angel of death came prepared to claim all the souls of the firstborn, women, men, children, and even cattle. The angel of death doesn't play favorites. So even the Hebrew community had to do something special to keep them from being subject to the same thing. They had to cover the doorpost of their home with the blood from a sacrifice and stay in their homes until the angel passed them. In many ways, <clears throat> to me, it seems that with the coming of spring, the heaviness of 2020 is beginning to lift. And as light begins to peek through the clouds, giving rise to the belief for me that the angel is past, almost passing over. <laughs> now that we understand the backstory of Passover, I wanna take a few moments to ponder the question of why. Not why those who were taken were taken, but while those who were left behind were left. Those that were chosen come out of Egypt. Now, there has been much discussion in the past about Jewish people being God's chosen people, right? However, and, and, and let me just say that this has caused a lot of hatred towards the Jews because they're like, how dare you say that you, got, you people are chosen and you're the special people of God? But the truth is that being Jewish not so much about being of a particular culture or being of a race, but it is about a particular way of thinking that is more in alignment with absolute truth of divine mind. Truly, anyone who comprehends spiritual law and allows that law to work in them is a Jew and therefore one of God's chosen. And while it is a nice thought, that we are chosen because we are special, or that we should get some sort of VIP status because we're part of an elite group. It's not about us. It's not about us. It is about the law that you allow to work within you. To be chosen by God simply means that you have done the work to be available to allow spiritual law to have its way within you so much that you can become an instrument of God that you were created to be. You have grown, you have learned, you have emptied out all that no longer serves your higher purpose, and you have evolved to a level of being that more closely reflects your kinship with your creator. <laughs> You are not by any means perfect, but you have a gift of understanding. And as you practice living in this awareness, you become wise. And that wisdom carries with it 
responsibility of sharing that knowledge, helping others to gain that knowledge. And as we say in the spiritual community, helping others to heal. We often forget that healing in its truest form is simply aligning with truth. If only people understood this true meaning of healing, they wouldn't get so upset thinking the prayers weren't answered when things don't go the way they desire. Healing in truth looks like corrected paths. The correction may be because you are in the wrong job or with the wrong person or living the wrong way. And while the ego may experience the pain of change, you are still being led to the right path. The path that is more in alignment with truth. Healing, furthermore, looks like breaking free from bondage. And that may require you let go of some things, letting go of material possessions, letting go of the old ways of being, letting go of some friends sometimes. Because these things, excuse me, keep your house and keep your mind cluttered and stressed. Truthfully, healing can also look like leaving the physical world because your body can no longer serve its purpose. Healing can look like letting go of the belief that the person you love is only a physical body and becoming aware that they are spiritual bodies too, so that we can continue to feel their love, their support and their presence, even in their physical absence. This is the work that the Jewish people are chosen to do. Help the world heal by correcting our way of thinking. The children of Israel, those that became known as the Jews, were not necessarily chosen because they were special, but they were chosen because of the memory of past connections. You see, their ancestors knew God. And so they had something in their DNA that whispered to them that there was something better. This whisper spoke louder and louder and louder, allowing them to come out of their old way of thinking and their old way of being that caused them to feel like they were on their own. It caused them to believe that they were separate from God. In truth, they had completely forgotten their connection to God. But their path led them to seeking to reestablish that connection. And as the story goes, they cried out to God and God heard the cry and reestablished the connection without hesitancy. But it wasn't God. It was their shift in their thinking that caused this connection to be reestablished. Truly, God never had been, never can be, nor ever will be disconnected. It is always us that disconnects from him. Truthfully, it is not possible to be disconnected from God, but it is possible to lose awareness of that connection. 
this is a particular challenge for a group of people who are, are the chosen ones because they could do nothing without this connection. As a matter of fact, the reason their lives became so hard was because of their lack of connection. They began to try and build pyramids without a source of power, without a source of strength. I have to take a moment and make it clear that from a metaphysical perspective, to build a pyramid is to do the work of creating our true selves. Abraham Maslow called it self-actualization and living from a highest level of being. However, you can never self-actualize without the understanding of what the self truly is. So building a self outside of knowledge and understanding about God is a hard and almost impossible task. So the Jewish people had to learn to allow God to flow through them. That energy, that strength, that power. And as we've talked about in the 12 powers of man over the past month, pulling and calling all those faculties that were born within us, given to us at birth, into our being, into consciousness. In truth, they learn to become a tool and not the carpenter. Being chosen by God simply means to be an instrument of God. And being an instrument of God simply means being available, emptying your cup, emptying your storage, your storehouse, and allowing that divine energy to expand and feel and take over every cell and every fiber of your being. Charles Fillmore says this about being chosen by God. All that a person really needs is the quickening and the rounding out of our thinking centers and consciousness. And once this is done, divine mind will think through the person. Isn't that powerful? Divine mind will think through you once you get all of the quickenings and the rounding out of our thinking system. Once we clear out all of our thinking centers, divine mind will think through us. Furthermore, he states that the supreme mind holds humankind at its center as the perfect instrument through which to express its possibility. God wants to use you. <laughs> God not only wants to use you, but God wants to come in and build the pyramid known as you and then use you to create other pyramids. So again, understanding our connection with God, our oneness with God is the key to being a chosen people. And anyone who understands automatically is God's chosen people. But this is where we run into difficulty. I had a conversation this week about walking in purpose. A friend of mine who is working full-time, but also trying to start a business that is the result of a vision that was placed in her heart many years ago, 
um, was experiencing a lot of frustration. She was overwhelming herself and tired and exhausted, trying to make things happen. <laughs> the irony in it all is that her current job and the work she wants to do in the future are all in alignment. If you looked at, from the outside looking in, you realize that she was already on the path thinking that she needed to create the path. It was kind of interesting and kind of strange at the same time when I said it to her, her mind was like, holy crap, <laughs> I'm already on the path. And every step that I'm taking, where I'm currently at is creating the future of the vision that I already see. However, because of pressure from others to get a business off the ground or to do something now to make some stuff happen, the thing she loved to do is the very thing that is causing her stress, causing her health to be in, not to fail. She feels that there is something that she must do to make her vision come into being. While there are, and while there are things to do, those things should not cause stress. As we spoke, it became apparent that one of her biggest challenges was that she saw God as a consultant and not the orchestrator. She saw herself separate from God. God was outside of her. And while he gave her the vision, it was her job to make it happen. She stepped out of the role of instrument or tool that is used by God and into the role of the user. All right, so as I was thinking about telling this story, this visual came into my mind. And all I could see was a hammer and a carpenter. And the first thing I thought was, can you even imagine a hammer taking itself out of the hands of a carpenter and driving a nail through a piece of wood? It's not even possible. Truly, without the carpenter, the hammer has no animation, it has no life, and no purpose. This is us. This is what we do when we begin to see ourselves outside of God. We begin to forget, that, forget God and see ourselves as carpenters, forgetting that we're just a hammer. And as a hammer, Without God, we can't move, we can't live, we can't have our being. Sound familiar? Paul said it all the time. In him, I live, move, and have my being. So this is the work. The work is not to push to make something happen. The work is to open up and be the vessel, an empty vessel, so that God can expand and grow and take over. You know, people forget the word Jew basically means to be a carrier of water. And water basically is a conduit or a symbol for spirit. And so if your vessel is filled with the divine spirit, then the work that was placed in you to do will automatically be created. It will flow from you, it will flow in you, 
It will flow through you. It will flow as you. So when we talk about being an instrument of God, basically all we're saying is be an empty cup. <laughs> be an empty cup and let God fill you and, and teach you and show you. Empty out those thoughts, your old way of thinking, and align it to be filled with truth. Affirm the truth daily <laughs> that we are one with God, that we are not separate from God, but we are always connected, always in the presence of divine mind, that not just this day, but every day is a day that the Lord has and always be glad in it. What does it mean to be chosen? It means you've done the work, you've opened up and you are available to be an instrument. I encourage you continuously because it's not a one-time deal about that. It is a continual process of affirming and denying. We talk about it all the time, I'm affirming and I'm denying. Letting go of those old ways of thinking and embracing the truth. And in this way, your pyramid grows. It becomes tall and strong and builds higher and higher. In this way, you can become the builder of pyramids without all the stress. And the pyramids are those around you, right? We talk about being a light. We talk about being that tool, that instrument. That's what we're doing. Just like the children of Israel, you too are Jew. And so we celebrate Passover because we are here. We are living in good health to carry on the work of divine mind. We have a new opportunity and another due day. And for that, we are grateful. And so we allow divine mind to come in and we allow it to have its way in us. Amen. Amen. Amen.